more. Am I right about it? Amen. 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 Um, with that being said, I hope I haven't forgotten anything. Have a rev. Everything's pretty okay. Turn, if you would, to First Corinthians chapter ten. First Corinthians chapter ten, verses twelve and thirteen. Now I'm going to be reading from two translations, two different translations, the NLT New Living Translation and the Amplified. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. I'm going to be reading from the NLT and the Amplified. You might have King James and, 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 and NIV. That's fine. I'm just reading it from a translation that I think would perhaps be better resonate with us on this another Lord's day. Is that all right? First Corinthians 10 verses 12 and 13. Father God, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you for allowing us another opportunity to gather together in your name. We thank you for each and every one under the sound of our voice, those that are under uh, in-house, those that are listening and viewing from social media. We don't take that for granted. We thank you if you can't make it that at least you're participating and then lord we ask that you would convict those that should have been here could have been here but have decided to do the lazy kind of way and just stay home but they'll make sure that work tomorrow god it's a privilege and honor to be able to gather together in one place in your name you said in your word forsake not the assembly of the brethren. Lord, we've got to help each other. Convict, convince, and convert. Lord, you get glory, praise, and honor to you. So bless this word that will come forth on this day. Think with my mind and speak with my mouth. You get glory, praise, and honor to yourself. And we promise to give you back all the praise, honor, and glory. For it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. With thanksgiving always. And all of God's people said, Amen, Amen, and Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, New Living Translation. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. Verse 13, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he, God, will show you a way out so that you can endure. Let's read the Amplified translation of the same verses, 12 and 13 of 1 Corinthians 10. Verse 12, Amplified says, Therefore, let the one who thinks he stands firm, immune to temptation, being overconfident and self-righteous, take care that he does not fall into sin and condemnation. Verse 13 says, No temptation, regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to human experience nor is any temptation, listen, unusual or beyond human resistance. But God is faithful. Amen, somebody. He is faithful to his word. He is compassionate and trustworthy, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. But along with the temptation, he, God, has in the past and is now and will always provide the way out as well so that you will be able to endure it, don't miss that, without yielding and will overcome temptation with joy. I want to talk around the thought, the subject, an emergency exit. An emergency exit. Notice verse 12 is a warning to people who think they are beyond the need for an emergency exit. Amen, somebody. 
Verse 12, y'all just read it with me, says, if you think you are standing strong, if you think you all that, be careful because you're subject to fall. If you think you're so spiritual that you got it together, yeah. If you think you know a few Bible verses, if you've been to seminary and, and you know, if, if you pray every day, you, 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 think, you may think you're beyond falling. I said it's a warning. You need to understand that the man or woman of God who thinks he or she has arrived, listen, is being set up by the devil to be knocked down. Is anybody listening in here, out there? When you think you got it going on, the devil got you right where he wants you to think you don't need to come to church. He wants you to think You'll get everything you need just by watching on, you know, uh, YouTube, Facebook. He, he'll get you to think that you're already strong enough, but you're being set up to fall down. I wish somebody would say amen. See, the man or woman, uh, those on the mountaintop are the most vulnerable to attack. You got money, you know, you got honey, you know, you, you got a nice house, you got a nice car, you got a nice job, things, you know, you say, I got enough, I ain't got to go, no, you know, you're being set up. And the higher you are, the further you fall. Y'all looking at me. Remember Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 18? Let me just for a minute indulge me. Uh, Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 18 was on the mountain. When he defied the prophets of Baal, some of y'all know that. Elijah had just had a mountain in defeating the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. Fire had descended from heaven. The people of Israel had acknowledged the Lord and the false prophets were all put to death. Victory he had experienced. But that experience of victory was followed by an episode of fear and failure. Give me that mic ready, please, Reverend. In Elijah's life, the prophet Elijah was afraid and ran for his life from Queen Jezebel. First Kings chapter 19, verses 1 and 2 kind of clears it up for us. What's going on? You understand Ahab, the king told his wife Jezebel all that Elijah had done. He let him, his wife know, you know, Elijah uh, had victory on Mount Carmel and, uh, you know, his God came through and, 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 and then they wound up killing all the false prophets. And Jezebel said, what? She put out a contract, for lack of better words. Go get him. Go get him. Kill him. And Baal, uh, the false god that they had been worshiping, the false prophets had been worshiping, he was supposed to be the god of fertility, meaning he was the god that made the crops grow by giving rain, sun, and so on. But understand in that polytheistic culture, polytheistic is people that worship more than one God. You still got people like that today. Yeah, yeah, they, they worship the sun, they go out to the beach, they got to get suntan, ain't nothing like getting a tan, but you, 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 you worship the sun. You worship many gods rather than Christian mono, monotheism, where we believe in one and only God. And their pagan god, Baal, should have been able to send the false prophets rain, but he couldn't. Why? Because he was a false god. He had no power. And Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me. And more also, if I do not make your life, she's threatening 
Elijah. See if I don't make your life miserable. And that struck fear in Elijah. I'm talking about the same Elijah that just had experienced victory. I don't know who God is talking to. You've been sitting on the high now. God has been blessing, blessing, but you have let your guard down. You don't need to come to church. You don't need to read the Bible. You don't need to be in participating in Bible study. You don't need no counseling. You already counseled out. You got all the answers. So you think. But wait a minute. Elijah is on the run. And in verse 9 of 1 Kings 19, he found refuge in a cave on Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. And he spent the night in that place. But listen, a word came from the Lord. God will find you wherever you are, somebody. I don't know where you're hiding or what you're using. Some folk, you know, when they get uh, panicked, they go to get drugs, uh, alcohol, you know, <laughs> they, 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 in, in the arms of another man or woman. You know, they're trying to hide. They, you know, they, they, they incognito. But God will find you. He'll see a black, he knows a black ant on a black rock at midnight. God will find you right where you are. The Bible says in 1 Kings 19, verse 9, God said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? I put you on assignment. Is anybody listening here? You have an assignment. You accepted the assignment. You said you were a deacon. You said you were a preacher. You said you were a teacher. You said you were an usher. You said you were a nurse. You said you were a choir member. You said that you were going to serve me. But now you're hiding under the guise of something else. God is speaking to somebody now. Where are you? You don't promise God this, that, or the other, and when you get ready, you jump and step back. You don't do that. You play that game with somebody else, even me, but you told God you would serve him. Come water. Or, and now God can't see you. He don't find you. You, you sporadically show up at your convenience. When it's not convenient, you don't have the time nor the energy. God says, who is God talking to this man? Where are you? You're the one that said you wanted to do. You're the one that said, I didn't force you, you said it. God said, I told him, God told Elijah, I still have work for you to do. Is that making sense, anybody? In other words, Elijah's emergency exit, because I said we all need to take it sometime. His emergency exit was for him, to, here we go, to stop focusing on the threats and intimidation of his enemies and to refocus his attention back to the Lord who had given him victory earlier on the mountain where he had defeated the Baal prophets. In other words, the same God Elijah had trusted in and relied on earlier against his enemies is the same God who would give him victory over Jezebel. I don't know who, what, or how things are going in your situation. And somehow you've become an allowed discouragement to tear you down or take you down. God says, I'm the same God who made a way yesterday. I'm the, I wish somebody, I'm the same God that pulled you through that crisis the other day. Why do you have all of a sudden uh, amnesia? You can't remember what I did for you? Who do you think brought you out? Who do you think made a way? Who do you think put a roof over your head? Who do you think gave you the money? Who do you think raised you out of the bed of a figure? Who do you think? Where are you? God is talking to somebody. I'm talking about an emergency exit. 
Emergency exits are important. Would you agree? Because they provide a clear, safe way to get out of trouble when you're in a crisis or disaster. Anybody other than me recently being in a crisis, don't have to be, you don't have to tell nobody. Could be, if your family member's doing something, it could be a crisis. Anybody, let me see your hand, out there. Crisis and you're not handling it well, you're a candidate for an emergency exit. See, some of us just don't want to take the emergency exits because we think we know how to handle it. Ah, see, emergency exits. Uh, let me give you an example. In the case of a building on fire, exits should be arranged to permit everybody to reach a safe place before they are endangered by fire, smoke, or heat. Not too long ago, they came here to Abyssinian from the city, state officials, to make sure we had exits signs all over the place. Amen, somebody. Everybody's not going to be in one area. Somebody could be in another one. We need to know how to get out. You got some folk that lock themselves in with the keys and, 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 and steel doors and then don't know where you put the key. Well, what you going to do if the fire starts? I'm serious. You, you done got just lazy. Well, the key around here. So if you got to get out in a hurry, listen, <laughs> they got a gate right here coming into the administrative building. It's got a lock on it. I used to lock the gate and not know exactly where I put the key. And I said, suppose we had a fire in there. Sister Evelyn, suppose they had a fire and the gate was locked. You know those, <laughs> now I could have 40 years ago, I could do a leap. Y'all ain't going to pray with me. Pam, I used to could leap over that stuff. Well, I ain't kidding you. Y'all could too. You remember you could take, and them things got pointed. Oh, I talked to Deacon players about that. I said, Deacon, I ain't locking it no more. He talking about, well, Pastor, get a board or something and throw I said, Deacon, I'm beyond the boards and all that kind of action. That just lead the thing unlocked. And trust God that they don't come in here when you're trying to sleep. But you have to have an exit. When you go to the movies, have you ever noticed that before the movie starts, a public announcement appears on the screen that says, in case of emergency, walk to the nearest exit. Anybody ever seen that? Exits are important. Before the plane takes off, you got a woman or man tell you, Pointing, y'all ain't never got on a plane, they point to exits. They didn't tell you if you near the emergency door, you got to make sure you 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 help people the more. You, since you sitting where there's more room, you, you got to be able to maybe they might be able, you got to stay to the last man standing. Well, I don't want this seat. Y'all missed it. <laughs> See, they didn't tell me that, but I, they're implying it. Man, they said, look, if you're here, I want you to help the folk get out and all that. Emergency exits. We have to be mindful. Let me give you one more example of a need for emergency exit. Look, I might not get past, but part one here. Imagine your house is burning down and you're trapped on the second floor. Even if the only way out is to leap from a window, you'd be foolish if you decided not to jump. Be better to have a couple of broken bones than to be trapped in a, bur a burning building. Am I right about it? God says in life, there are natural emergency exits as well as spiritually designed emergency exits. Amen, somebody. I know somebody is saying, well, pastor, you don't know what I'm going through in my marriage. You don't know what I'm going through in my situation. You don't know how hard it is to live with him or her. You don't know how hard it is when I don't have money. You don't know how hard it is not to fight and retaliate. God says, check to see if you got an emergency exit open. Am I right about it? See, sometimes an emergency exit could be somebody calling you when you get ready to cuss somebody out. 
Y'all missing this thing. That could be your emergency exit. God said, before you start going off with speaking in, I'm trying to think what kind of tongue that is, flesh tongue. Ugly tongue, ugly tongue. The phone will ring. And I know you can control it. Because if somebody calls in, you can be just cussing and fussing. And the person calls, you say, hi, how are you? Praise the Lord. And then finish the conversation and go back to speaking in tongue. Ugly. Exits. You're getting ready to go over somebody's house that you have no business going over. And your car breaks down. And you decide to take a cab. No, the exit was you shouldn't went because the car broke down. That was a sign, a signal. Am I right about all kind of emergency? We don't look for the emergency exits because oftentimes we'd rather be right where we are. Jesus said in John 12, 46, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put, listen, their trust in me, Jesus, will no longer remain in the dark. Why would Jesus say that? Somebody asked. He said, I've come as a light into your dark world. I've come as a light into your dark situation. Hello, somebody. God knows every... I, I, Everybody in here from the pulpit to the door, ceiling to the floor, is going through something. Am I right about it? God says, I know what you're going through. And I know you've already planned on your in and of yourself how you're going to handle it. But you need to reconsider, perhaps. There's another way. Because <laughs> there's a way that seems right. But the way leads to death or more trouble. And then when you get in more trouble, you come asking God, why did you let me get God said, I gave you an emergency exit way back then. When you should have shut your mouth, you opened your mouth. When you should have sat down, you stood up and got knocked down. Is anybody listening? You need to understand emergency exits. <laughs> when I was preaching, when I was preaching, when I was studying, this message, <clears throat> I allowed something, you know, not while I was studying, but after I took a break, I allowed something to rile me, you know, allowed something to get under my skin, you know, the pastor, the preacher, the one who's bringing this message, you know God will test you. <laughs> and I allowed myself to get ready to speak in ugly tongue. Guess what the Holy Spirit said? You need to take an emergency exit. Are you going to apply what you're going to preach on Sunday, daughter? That way you asked me. Are you going to apply it or are you just going to tell them to do it and you're going to bypass it? You know I had to say, Lord, I just want to thank you. <laughs> Lord, I just want to thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for reminding me that I don't think I should be standing because I can fall just like anybody else. And God says, <laughs> you need an emergency exit. Paul needed an emergency exit in Romans 7. Y'all remember he said, the thing I said I wasn't going to do, no more? You mean Paul had done it before? Yes. But he said, the thing, the man of God, even the woman of God said, I'm not going to do no more. You did it again. Am I right about it? Anybody other than me said you wasn't going to do that anymore and you did it. Let me see. Some, let me see. You wasn't going to do that Specifically, that with him or her. Oh, y'all say I'm meddling. You were specific. I'm done. I'm over it. But 
Let me move on. You can be in an emergency situation, a crisis, and you need, like Paul, the apostle, to take an emergency exit. If you live with constant fear and anxiety or worry, then it's time to take an emergency exit. If you allow worry and fear to steal your joy, you need an emergency exit. If you feel physically, spiritually, and emotionally drained, you need an emergency exit. If you don't pray with, to God often and you feel stuck spiritually, you need an emergency exit. If you feel like giving up, who is God talking to? And you have little or no hope about your future, you need an emergency exit. If you walk and have to deal with constant depression, yeah, rejection and loneliness, you need, somebody ought to tell me, emergency exit. If you have thoughts about suicide, and that will be the answer to your life, you need an emergency exit. If you're afraid to fail, so you don't try to be the best you can be, you need an emergency exit. Y'all remember just a few weeks, I did it for about three weeks straight. We talked about four anchors. Some of y'all didn't forgot about them, but then some of y'all have not. Remember the four anchors we talked about? You'll need to understand they're great examples of exit points for life emergency. Y'all remember I gave you the anchor of the word of God? You remember I gave you the anchor of the peace of God? You remember I gave you the anchor of prayer and the anchor of praise and worship number four? Well, Philippians chapter four, verses six to nine might help you because Philippians four beginning at verse six says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him ahead of time for all that is done. Verse 7 of Philippians 4 says, you will experience, here we go, God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. It says his peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Verse 8 says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. You got stinking thinking. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, and what is right. I don't know how you've been thinking, but God said you need to stop that thinking. You're going to put somebody out. You're going to do this and that. you sick and tired of this and that. God says you need an emergency exit. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And then it says, verse 9, keep on putting into practice. Don't just do it every now and then. Practice makes perfect. Keep on putting into practice, listen, all you have learned and received from me. You got some folk just apply the Bible every now and then, cutting paints. 
They try to do it their way. Then they get more frustrated and things go to hell. And then they talk about God, where were you? God said, you didn't put into practice what you learned way back then. You still tried to exit on your own into your own worldly, fleshly exit. And you got things going more, is more worse now than ever before. Then you come back to me and ask me to pick up the pieces and put it back together again. God says, you didn't have to go to pieces in the first place if you had done what you learned in the first place. No, no, no. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Well, I told you there's all kind of emergency access there. When it says don't worry, that's the anchor of peace. I just read it. When it says pray about everything, that's the anchor of prayer. When it says, thank God for all he has done, that's the anchor of praise and worship. And of course, it's all found in the anchor of the word of God. Some of y'all trying to get deep. Take that passage. All that you need to get over whatever you're trying to get over is in that passage. You tried. God didn't bring you this far. He didn't give you a new car. He didn't give you a new house. He didn't give you a new man or woman. He didn't give you new health for you to fail. You've got to practice what God told you in the beginning and stop trying to cut and paste spirituality. Uh, I know I'm boring somebody. I'm talking about an emergency exit. Well, I hear you talking how do I prepare for spiritual emergencies? Is anybody interested? How do I prepare ahead of time? Since the Bible says in this world you will have trouble. I have told you that in me you will have peace. That goes before that. Jesus said I've told you all of this ahead of time. Because in me, you're going to have peace. But listen, y'all missed it. In me, Jesus said, you're going to have peace. But in this world, did y'all get it? In him, you're going to have peace. But in this world, you're going to have tribulation. If you catch in hell right about now, have you taken an emergency exit to Jesus? If you are frustrated, angry, cussing out, don't have enough this, that, or the other. God said, didn't you thank me when you first got what you got? Now you think I reneged on you? I didn't renege on you. I told you in me, you're going to have peace. But in the world system, paying your bills is going to be something different. But in me, I can't tell it enough. And in him, he'll supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. You always try to do it on your own. God says, I'm trying to shift you from relying on you to relying on me. See, you used to walking by sight what you see and what you don't understand or what you understand. God says, I want to move you. Uh, you don't want to be moved. Ah, uh, God is saying you need an emergency exit. And I've already told you, I've repeated it about six times in Christ Jesus. That's an emergency exit. He's an emergency. Oh, that prayer, here you go. There you go with your attitude. That's why you in the trouble you in. You think prayer is just something <laughs> to tag or tag for spirituality but God says you've been acting this way all your life and I'm trying to break you out of that bad habit and God said I don't care how long it takes it'll take you the rest of your life but God said it's not your will it's my will and that's what I want you to get uh I'm talking about emergency exits uh remember King David had to deal with a spiritual emergency in his life because of sin and being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Y'all remember King David, you know, David. Uh, there was a particular time in his life 
when he was in a spiritual crisis, he definitely needed to find an emergency exit. Remember, this was right after he had sinned with Bathsheba. Most of us are familiar with the story. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, David had seduced another man's wife and conceived a child with her. And once that was announced to him, he arranged to have the woman's husband, Uriah, killed in battle. Set him up front. And then he married the woman trying to hide their sin. And after those events took place, God sent the prophet Nathan in 2 Samuel chapter 12 to confront. You know, God will confront you. Anybody other than me been confronted by God with sin? Let me see. Anybody been confronted? <laughs> Convicted? Where it was clear cut that God said you were wrong. You need to do something about it. <laughs> uh, I don't like to be, I'm transparent. I don't like to tell too much. Honey, I ain't looking at you, but sometimes I can get overbearing. Uh, oh, yeah. Pressures from this, that. I don't mean to be, because my wife will tell I know you don't mean. And, uh, I got overbearing. You know, what do you do? No more than you did. So don't even act like I had an ugly face. I went into my room, closed the door and watched animals. <laughs> and I was in there, staunch. God said, to us, Where are you, Pastor Pointer? You ain't where you're supposed to be. There's an emergency exit. The flesh said, don't be a punk. Husband. I don't know who God is talking to. Wives, this applies to you too sometimes. I'm just telling my story. Don't be a chump. That's what the flesh said. You're unmovable. Hold your position. Make her calm. God says, no man of God. No preacher, pastor. You go in and get her her favorite drink with ice. Put some lemon in it. You go. Move me. I like juice too. You can tell her to get me some juice and ice with lemon. Boy, you can go from man to boy. Girl, get yourself. Yes, Lord. I went and got the ice. Chantella ice. Her favorite drink. One of her favorite drinks. Lemony. She liked the lemon in there. She had water with lemon. And I walked out of my castle with my door closed. Walked down the hall to our room. Not my castle. I opened the door with the glass of ice. Y'all really intent on listening with the ice, the drink, and the lemony flavor with a straw. I bought it to her, and she looked up. Is this Jekyll or Hyde? <laughs> this is the same guy that went off. Alex, stop it. You're the same guy that just gave me all that hell. But God. I said, baby, 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 this one's for you. And at first she looked up, what? Yeah, it's me. Because I'm practicing what I preach. When you mess up, you need to take the emergency exit. Now that goes for women too now. Guys, that goes for women too. You got to take. It ain't always the guy. Sometimes you need to take the emergency exit. But God told me this time. 
and I gave it to her. Whoa, what happened? It was a good day. Yeah, y'all know what good days are. I've had some bad, but I had some good days. Wow, I should have been bought that juice. You got to make a deposit if you want to withdraw and leave it at that. Leave it at that. David had a spiritual emergency he had to deal with. And I'm going to close it on this and come back to do part two. David had a spiritual emergency. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 7 and 13. Verse 7, Nathan said to David, you are that man. The man that he had gave a scenario was somebody that had everything they needed to have. And why did you have to go get her? You had all the women you could have wanted. David was talking about, yeah, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, if I knew it, I, 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 he, I, he need to die. I wish I knew who it was. Nathan said, you are the, watch when you go talking to people about what you would do. God said, you talking about yourself. Stop judging other people. And God said, you as bad or if not worse than them. You can always tell people what they should do. God says, you ought to practice what you preach and telling everybody else to do. You cuss somebody out, won't you fess up? Stop waiting for them to come back to you. The Lord, Dave, Nathan said, you are that man, and I'm closing. The Lord, the God of Israel says, I anointed you king of Israel and saved you from the power of Saul. Verse 13 of 2 Samuel 12. Then David confessed. I heard somebody say repentance. Listen, David, confess. You got to acknowledge that you're wrong. See, the person problem with right now, you keep thinking everybody else. So you keep blaming him, her. You keep blaming everybody else. And God said, it's you that is messed up. You keep blaming him and her. It's all his fault or her fault. And God said, no, it's your fault. Then David confessed to Nathan and said, I have sinned, first of all, against the Lord. Nathan replied, yes, but, thank God for buts, the Lord has forgiven you. And you won't die for this sin. Don't tell me God is not faithful. I said, David had, and I'm closing. A spiritual emergency. And he needed to take advantage of an emergency exit. And he did because Psalms 51, he says, have mercy on me, O God. It's a psalm of repentance. Change your mind. Agree with God and go in another direction. Have mercy on me, O oh God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sin. See, it's personal. Me, I'm guilty. Anybody other than me guilty? I just gave you transparency with me. Y'all y'all don't tell that you guilty sometimes. Male or female, stop blaming it on the other one. The one you blaming on, God said, is you. Not that they didn't do something, but you are handling it wrong. You need to take an emergency exit. Stop trying to fix it on your own. Have you forgotten that God owns everything? The cattle on a thousand hills belong to God. Just because you broke, God isn't. Ask and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall, door shall be open to you. Are you asking? And if you ask, ask in the name of the Lord. Ask accurately. Seek, if you seek him, you'll find him. Somebody said I searched her. 
all over and I couldn't find my savior because I was looking around I was looking down I was looking behind I was looking ahead but finally I looked up my hope my help comes from the Lord he's my emergency exit ain't he all right ain't he all right ain't he all right say yeah say yeah God is talking to you and you and you and you and you and me today. Stop blaming somebody else. You need to take an emergency exit. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Maybe, maybe next week we'll do a part two on emergency exits because God needs to remind somebody even today are you using I gave you tools in 2023 in the beginning to help you and I through some stuff the anchors peace no his word then peace then prayer and then praise and worship when you get ready to go through something peace Philippians 4 is a good way. Don't worry about anything. Didn't say not concerned. But stop worrying about your situation. How you going to pay your bills. How you Stop worrying. It's concerned. But now, in Christ, if I was to worry, I wouldn't be able to stand before you today about this situation. God always, I wish so. God always. God always makes a way. I wish I did. God makes a way in your situation. Stop denying it. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Am I right about it? Am I right about it? Am I right about it? Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Am I right about it? I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, y'all can hit the high notes. Don't make me strain. All right. Be all right. Be all right. Be alright. One more time. I got a feel. Come on, help me. I've got a feeling everything's gonna be alright. Everything's gonna be alright. Feeling everything's gonna be alright. Be alright. Be alright. Be alright. Hallelujah. Give God some praise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lest we leave without an opportunity to make sure everything's going to be all right. The Bible says all of us have sinned. If you can rest on your feet, please, if you can. And if you can't, I understand. If you want everything to be all right, you got to acknowledge what God says. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. If you're in here, man, woman, boy, girl, you never acknowledge that you're a sinner. And right now, God, by his spirit, is saying you are the man or woman. You need to acknowledge and confess I'm a sinner, and I want to be saved. Jesus said I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Sometimes we got to go back, y'all. If you want to go to heaven, that's okay. Jesus. You want to go to heaven? Jesus said you got to go through me, only me. If you're not saved in here and you want to be, you go to heaven. You've got to give your life to Christ. First of all, you've got to say, I'm the sinner. And I'm acknowledging him. I accept the Lord Jesus Christ right now as my personal Savior. Is there one in here not saved and you want to be saved right now? Right now. Don't wait till today. Today is your day. 
Second thought, I bet you're saved, but you don't have a church home. The doors of ABC is open to you. Why don't you come? Is there somebody in here? You don't have a church home? You need to belong to somebody's church. You've been floating around looking for a perfect church. You're not going to find a perfect church. You don't have a perfect house. You bring yourself here and allow God to develop and nurture you like everyone else. Either not saved, you don't have a church home, last call. You're a backslider. God wants to restore you back to the joy of your salvation. He wants you to come back. Come back in the house. Out there. Is there one? Is there one? Give God some praise. Elder, that's okay. That's okay, Elder. Yes. Jesus. Jesus loves me. How many of us know that Jesus loves you? How many of us know that? Yes. Jesus loves me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus loves me. Hallelujah. Cause, cause the Bible tells me. Thank you, Lord. So. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We acknowledge your peace, your presence, and your lordship. Even now, Lord, convict, convince, and convert. Let somebody to know that whatever their situation, there's an emergency exit that you're directing them to, to get them out of the jam so that they can have peace, that they can praise you, that they can pray, and the word says so. We ask that you would grant us all traveling mercies. Allow us to leave from this place, but never from your presence. Take us safely to our destinations, and then bring us back again at the appointed time. Allow us to gather together a Bible study this Wednesday. Bible study is important. Your word is always important. We say yes to your will, yes to your word and your way, for it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. With thanksgiving always, and all of God's people said amen, amen, and amen. Give God some praise. Don't forget to look for your offering box, your name on the table. If you're a member of the church and you want to be a giver like God wants us to, please don't forget to get your offering envelopes. Amen, somebody. Have a blessed day.